Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. Uh, I have a really special guest for you today. I have someone that's relatively new to the business. I've been in the business about a year, uh, lives down in Southern California, uh, you know, lives where he wants, but he's decided to invest where the numbers make sense. And, and for him, he's grown a portfolio from zero all the way up to 11 uh, and then just sold a few. So he's down to six now. So we're going to talk about that, unpack all of that. Let's welcome Mike Abramov to the show. How are you doing this morning, Mike? Great, great. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm very excited to talk about um, everything we have to talk about. Yeah, this is going to be great. Not many people are, are brave enough to do the interview outside, so uh, I like that. <laughs> I've, never, I've never done an interview before, so to me it's fairly new, but I'm, I'm up for anything. I, I, I do anything once. That's my motto. There you go. There you go. Well, Mike, just uh, do me a favor. Introduce uh, the world to who you are, where you live, and, and a little bit about where you invest, and, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So originally we're from the East coast, my wife and I, and three kids, we are right now reside in Southern California. It's I'm outside right now. It's a little gloomy, but um, nothing we could do about that. We originally started investing about a little bit over a year ago. Um, we bought our first duplex and we're invest right now in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, we quickly, um, exceeded to about 11 units and uh, we sold off a couple just because we want to get some more capital. We want to go bigger multifamily, um, bigger multifamily. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, let's, let's unpack your story a little bit. Uh, so what was it, what happened a year ago or a little over a year ago that you said, you know what, I want to get me some, some real estate or maybe it was a couple of years ago. I'm not sure what, what happened. To, to spark Definitely that. was a couple of years ago, but we never really started and never really took that first step. Um, we both, me and my wife are both passionate about real estate. Um, and of course, everybody read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And we started reading a couple of more books. And then the book we really read that got us going was um, Brandon Turner's book from Bigger Pockets. Thank mm. you, Brandon, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we kind of read another book, Cashflow Quadrant from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And we said, you know what, let's just do it. So we started expanding different markets and we found um, Cleveland where the numbers didn't make sense. And we bought our first multifamily. I mean, we were scared. We bought, it was, this was out of state. We've never seen, I've never even flew out there when we bought it. Wow. Yeah, it, it was a little scary, but you know, the numbers made sense on paper. We got a really good broker. We built up a good team right away. We built up, we made some, a lot of connections. We, we, uh, got a property manager and we kind of, we, we built a good team so we could trust and we moved forward and we bought this duplex without even seeing it. I mean, we were, we were scared to this day. It's our best investment yet. And we're, we're hoping to hold on to it for a long time. 
So that's, so the duplex you bought first is, um, you still own. It's not one of the ones you sold off. No, 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 no. That's uh, like I said, it's one of our best yeah. investments that we've yeah. got. Yeah. We got so really let's, good it's cash flow and lovely. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Cause you know, I'll be honest. I tell people, you know, I, I again, I have that statement of live where you want, but invest where the numbers make sense. Yep. But I've always told people or at least strongly suggested that they at least go visit where they're going to invest. So you clearly didn't totally okay. Lots of people don't, but how do you, how do you unpack that risk versus reward? And, and it's gotta be nerve wracking, I would think. Oh, I mean, I'm sure it was nerve wracking. And, and to be honest with you, if I went there and I, of course I went there afterwards and we oh, okay. if, if, if I went there while I was buying it, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Ah, um, because I'm not living in California. I'm not familiar with, um, like mid, mid, mid states and how people live and what kind of housing there is. And, and so we, I, I'm actually a little glad I did it that way. Okay. Without being it. I just looked at strictly, we looked at the numbers and the numbers made sense and we got an inspector, we got an appraiser, we got another inspector. So we kind of trusted everything I've paid for, for all the, all the information I've got back and the feedback. Right. I've trusted that, but I do advise for anyone who wants to invest, out of state, absolutely visit, visit the area you want to invest, drive around it, um, look around it, look at the neighborhoods. So going forward, absolutely 100% have to do that. Yeah. And the other thing that you said there that's a gem uh, that can't be missed is we have to leave, we're both from California, so that's the we in this statement. We both have to leave our California minds behind when we go out of state, right? Because what you know, what we're used to, right? I'm in the Bay Area, it's seven figures for a tiny shack. And, you know, that's just not the case in, in many parts of the country. So we have to dump that and it's hard sometimes, right? Absolutely. And and you know what? When I found out the prices in, in um, other states, I'm like, you could get a duplex for how much? Yeah. Really? I mean, it was it was crazy. So that's what we did. But yeah, absolutely. Going, going forward, you have to get that California mindset out, which was hard for me at the beginning. Yeah. Now, now, now that I've been doing it for a little while, it gets a little easier. All right. Well, let's celebrate your success. Uh, you know, what were the details on the purchase? How, how much was this duplex in Cleveland? So the duplex was listed at 75, I believe, 75,000. We actually got it down to all the way to 59. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got it down to 50. We got it down to 59. We um, closed on it fairly quickly. Um, I pay cash for the property okay. just to get just to get the good deal and 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 close quickly. So I'm in the middle of refinancing it right now, actually, as we speak. Cool. Pull my money out and hopefully invest into something else. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really anything anything hard. And what were the rents? Sorry. Right now, the rents the rents are eight, so I rehabbed the total ups. There was an upstairs and a downstairs. We rehabbed the upstairs. So the downstairs tenant was currently living when I bought it. The upstairs was vacant and it was vacant for ten years. So we rehabbed oh. it. Yeah, um, we rehabbed it a little bit. Um, got a renter in um, for seven fifty. Okay. And the downstairs tenant was living there for fifteen years who actually moved out already and we got a new tenant in there for 850. Oh wow. So yeah. let's just call it 60k purchase. You're getting 1600 a month and it sounds like the make ready or the turns all in were like 20 grand maybe. 
Um, a little bit less. It was very close. It was uh, okay. Yeah, I like to say right under fifteen grand. Yeah. Okay, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I can see now that you're going to go get it reappraised, extract most, if not all, of your capital, so you can just go do it again. Yeah, we're thinking we're thinking it's going to get appraised for about ninety to a hundred and five thousand dollars. So we'd probably leave 25%, take out 75 and absolutely do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Brandon Turner's Burr method, right? Is that, that's what yeah. he calls it? Yeah. That's awesome. Burr. Well, that, that's cool. So you got the first one done. Uh, you know, that was two doors. Uh, let's talk about how you went from two to 11. What, what, what did that look like? The funny part is then I got another. So I bought two at the same time. I bought a single oh. family. I bought a single family that was uh, brought to my attention that needed a ton of work. And um, so it was at the time when I bought it, it was $13,000. It was a single family home in a decent area, but it needed, it needed about 10 to $15,000 of work. Wow. So I bought that. We bought cash for it. We paid cash for it. Um, we rehabbed it nicely and we got a tenant living in there right now paying seven fifty a month. And that property all in cost me, cost me $25,000. Wow. Yeah. So. Well, that certainly exceeds the 2% rule. <laughs> so, then, so then we kind of ran out of capital, right? Paying cash for all these properties. Um, we knew that we had to refinance, but we wanted to wait a little bit. Yeah. After that, we partner up with somebody who, um, who, who, who then helped us buy a couple of more. So then we bought a triplex. We bought two duplexes. Okay. So the triplex that we converted to to um to a four unit actually okay yeah so it had storage or something that was it had, it had an upstairs upstairs and then we had a contractor come in and say you know what we 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 think we could make it to a four unit nice. and we kind of looked at the numbers the numbers made sense and we converted that to a four unit wow that's very cool all right so all of these were in cleveland yeah all of these are in cleveland yeah Okay. So then you get up to 11 and uh, in the intro, you talked about selling five, I noted down. So what, what sparked selling five? Was that the partner wanted his money back or what, what well, was actually, it? Actually, yeah, actually it was a little bit of both, a little bit of, no, the partner never wanted the money back. He actually wanted to move forward. So okay. in the process, we had those two, they weren't done. So what happened was it's funny and, and, and it's, that, that's what makes it hard to invest out of state. We had a, we had a bad contractor. Yeah. Kind of, who kind of at the same time when we were buying these, we used that same contractor and he was giving us numbers that are like way too low. So that was one of the rookie mistakes I've done. I've used his information to buy more and more and more and more. And then when it came down to it, we kept, kept on paying him and paying him. And um, he just took off with our money and ran. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's, I don't know. The, the curse of out-of-state investing sometimes is no matter how much you vet them, they could be gone in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, he we he, at the same time he was um, he was doing two houses at the same time, um, and then we bought another one. And he's like, yeah, 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 I have enough manpower. And then we flew out there and we met all his guys and just just we paid him a whole whole ton of money. And then he just never done the work and just disappeared. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. What? Uh, what kind of advice could you give somebody who's looking at out-of-state investing? And that's probably one of their greatest risks. What would you advise? Making, making the mistakes I made, uh, definitely get multiple quotes. Make sure any, any work, and 
I mean, sometimes I, I always look at like the cheaper way out. Sometimes paying a little bit more makes sense. Um, always, always look into their information, get references, make sure they're insured and bonded. Um, make sure you get three, four quotes from different people. Don't just rely, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Definitely. That's, that's, that's good strategy and good advice. Yeah. So if I, I, I was to do that, I definitely wouldn't make the same mistakes again if I was doing doing that. Yeah, well, that's good advice. And then uh, would you still say now that you've seen the ups, which you've seen a lot, you know, the duplexes, your best investment, all of that, some of the downs, would you still recommend out-of-state investing? You still, you still going hard to the hoop? 100%. It slowed us down a little bit, but we're actually expanding. We wanted to go uh, we're, right now, we're looking for 8 to 20 unit, and okay. we're, we're moving to Columbus area, actually, because Columbus being the capital of Ohio, and the market is there is a little bit better than Cleveland, um, so we're moving to the Columbus area. Yeah, so those, those kind of smaller multifamily commercial financing, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, have you been to Columbus yet? Have you been out there to look at kind of some of the inventory just yet? Not yet. I'm, make, I'm planning a trip uh, sometime this month, actually. Yeah. So, so one of the things to look for, cause I've owned those units, right? The, the biggest I've ever owned is 18. We've had several of those, oh, but one awesome. thing, one thing that I've seen like an 18 versus a duplex is you really have to watch how close everybody's front doors are, right? Sometimes you go to these, these two stacked buildings and the front doors are like four feet apart or eight feet apart. That, that can build a very chaotic environment, right? Cause people are people, right? And you know, oh, yeah. If you can find if you can find an eighteen that's more garden style, maybe single level. You know, there's a fourplex here and a fourplex there. Uh, it 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 typically bodes well uh, for harmony. Great advice, thank you. Yeah, so yeah, so think about that, uh, and definitely definitely the rents will be different too, right? Because if they're living, I've I've owned a building that was they were so close it almost felt like jail cells, right? The doors were like you see on the movies. <laughs> And then I've owned some that's on a big acre parcel and it's a duplex there and a fourplex here. It's just different tenants, different quality, different rents. So yeah, yeah. watch out for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's great advice. I take yeah. all the advice I could get. I mean, the real estate community has been awesome. Everybody, cool. Everybody's like so close and it's, I, I began to realize it's a team sport and everybody's yeah. helping each other out. I mean, it's amazing. So anything like, I know I'm new to real estate, anything I could do to help out, I try my best. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's definitely a team sport. 100%. Definitely. I absolutely love it. And hopefully I keep moving forward and adding more doors to our portfolio. And Very cool. Yeah. So, you, so the five units you sold, those were a sale or was that a 1031? No, that was a sale. Okay. Yeah, and so you, one of them, one of them, um, we lost money, and the other one we actually made money. So it kind of was break even. Okay, all right, but now you now you're loaded again. You got your capital, and you're off seeking the the ten to twenty unit building. That's kind of the yeah, next I mean, step. I'm not, I'm not a, we're not opposed to like a nice duplex in a decent area, but this time we'll be a little bit more cautious and a little bit, you know, we're we're we don't we don't mind like the smaller still. Definitely want two plus two four. Yeah, two, four, eight. But we definitely want to start smaller, learn as much as we can because we don't want to make a big mistake in a big, big multifamily. Yeah, so we're learning a lot and getting exposed a lot, going, going, getting our edu getting ourselves educated as much as we can. So going forward, we don't have to make these mistakes and just keep yeah. making them. That we that's, need to make. that's very cool. So one thing I'd love to hear from you is: is did you set a goal for 2019? Like. 
unit wise or size wise or anything? You know what <laughs> we we have we're a little bit behind on that. We wanted to be a twenty. Okay. Um, a twenty. So we're a little bit behind on that. So we got to get going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, don't be in a rush. You know, it's okay. You know, yeah, you, I mean, you get there in one deal. <laughs> the way the way we started, I mean, we just started off like bam, bam, bam. Uh, we set a goal of a hundred by t- end of twenty twenty. Oh, that that goal is still there. Okay, uh, we just have to work a little harder and be a little smarter, and that's that's about it. But yeah, we want to we want to we want to have twenty at least twenty by the end of this year. That's awesome. Okay, if we get more, if we get that sweet deal, then then, but we want to have a hundred by the end of twenty twenty for sure. Okay, very cool. So uh, obviously, hundred's a nice round number. It's a great goal. Um, th- does a hundred, do you think, give you the power or the flexibility to go, you know what, I'm going to do this full time? Or do you see yourself doing dabbling in this for the next five to 10 years and then exit? Do you, do you have thoughts on that? So um, my wife wants me to, to quit my job and just kind of do this full time. Yeah. I always have been passionate enough. I always want to work. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So I have a W2 job right now. Maybe, sure. maybe I won't work as much. But I definitely want to invest more of my time in real estate, 100%. Yeah. So at 100, definitely I'd work a lot. I need more time to be in real estate yeah. for sure. I'd probably do 75% real estate at that time. Yeah. Um, you got to be busy. Yeah. yeah I, I love being busy. I love working. So. Yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, any, what, 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 what are some little tidbits that you've learned that we could share with people? Because there's lots of people that are in your shoes. They got excited by Rich Dad Poor Dad or Brandon Turner's book. That the Burr methods excited them. They can't invest locally. They want to go out of state. Let's give them, I don't know, your top three lessons learned or well, yeah, some of that. A hundred percent, definitely. Just just make that first step. The first step is the most hardest step to make. If you make that first step, just just do it mentality. The rest is easy. Like my first my first duplex was duplex was the hardest one to buy. Um, after that, we're like, all right, this is not that bad. Let's do it again. Yeah. Uh, that would be, that would be my first, like, just like in anything in life, just take real estate away. The first step is, is the most hardest step you can make. In anything. Yeah. And just so we're clear, what do you call the first step? Is it writing the offer? Is it closing the deal? What's the first step in your mind? I, I mean, the first step would be just start looking and of okay. course make offers. Um, anyone looks but everybody a lot of people have analysis paralysis and yeah. i feel like that's happened to us a little bit but me and my wife were both both just said all right let's are we making an offer on this we're like yes we are um so making the first offer is like so exciting but sort of sort of yeah. so nerve-wracking at the same time we're like oh my god did we make an offer right now and we're yeah. like yeah we made an offer you know, let's go back to that again because you're let's talk about this some more so i think you said the first deal was listed at 74 you got it for 59 was 59 your first offer or did you offer less in the whole counter process or what happened uh, we offered we offered 50 55 okay uh we offered 55 they came they they came down a lot actually initial offer and then i was speaking to the broker he's like look they have to be they have to be 60 all in they have to be 60 all in um so we went back and forth, back and forth. Then I offered to pay cash and that's how we ended up at 59. Okay. Yeah. They gave that's me awesome. a little bit of a break and they wanted to close quicker. So one of the, one of the things is that they wanted to close like quicker. And apparently one of the deals like fell through or something like that. And financing wise didn't go through with somebody else. So yeah. 
so they were happy to see an all cash offer. So that's, that's what I did. Do you know if the seller was local to Cleveland or were they another out of state person? Do you, do you remember? Uh, Maybe you I, don't I know. There, were, there was two, two people that were out of state. Okay. Yeah. They were out of state investors. Yeah. Cause I'm always interested, you know, there's always stories of the buy, like in your position, but there's, there's always another side, right? There's gotta be a seller. So yeah, there's a seller. I mean, that, that's the thing with having a good broker. My, my broker kind of snooped out what their hot buttons were. were. Yeah. It, it wasn't the price. It was just time to close and they want, they preferred all cash and that's what we did. And that's how we got that great deal. That's very cool. All right. So, okay. So that's one you, you gotta, you, uh, you gotta, do, you gotta take that first step. I like that right offers. Totally get it. Yeah. What other, what other pieces of advice you'd give some folks? Definitely, definitely. Like I, I would say, get your, get yourself in, in the same, same group of like-minded people. So join yeah. Facebook groups, go to local real estate meetups and, and be around those like-minded people um, that will help you motivate it. You see like people like me or other people who are much bigger than me doing it. And, and we're all the same people. The more work that you do and the more people you're around and the same like-minded people, people who understand and people who won't say, oh, that's not going to work, this, that, and the other. You got to be in the same, same circle if you want to succeed in this business. So that's like one of the advice that I got. Um, and that's, that's something I'm trying to work on, being in these, these little groups and being at real estate meetups and all kinds of meetups. You got to be out there. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that one as well. Yeah, you've got to network and you got to be around, you got to be around people that are going to be positive influences. And, you know, you know, we, at least I've had friends that are kind of negative, right? Oh, you don't want to do real estate. It's risky. Don't do that. My uncle lost everything. I've had the same thing. And when I first, when I was first starting out, my, me and my wife were so excited. We were telling our friends and family. Um, and some of my friends were like, some of my friends were like, oh, why would you want to do that out of state? That's, you're crazy. You're going to lose all your money. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm like, oh my God, just leave me alone. Let me do <laughs> what I want to do. And Let I'm, me I'm, be I'm, me. I'm, yeah. yeah, I've done enough research. I've looked at the numbers. Like It's going to work. So yeah, yeah, just stay away from, I would say definitely stay away from those people. And if they give you bad advice, just acknowledge it and People who, who here's another, here's another tip. People, people who are not successful don't take their advice, especially in the, in what you're doing. Ah, I like that. Especially, especially like if, if I would, I would never take real estate advice from my friend who's never done real estate ever in his life. Yeah. I, he could be like the most successful guy, but I would never take his real estate advice. I would take advice from, from a guy like you or, or somebody who's very successful versus somebody who'd never done it before. They're just going to naysay me. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it, it's amazing how many people have opinions on real estate yeah. that have never done it. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody has opinions. Everybody wants to do it. Everybody's scared to do it. But yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, every single wealthy person in this world has, has had real estate or owns real estate. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This has been this has been a lot of fun. Hey, if if somebody wants to get a hold of you or you know reach out to you, how can they follow you or uh, you know how, how can they connect with you? What Facebook or what? Facebook is definitely um, my I give my, my my email address is Mike at msby homes. Um, Mike at msby homes and my phone number is nine one seven six five zero four one two five. Very Still, cool. That's still a New York number. I'm originally from New York. Ah, you can't give it up. <laughs> I can't. I, a lot of people say I still have that accent. Yeah, a little bit right there. I heard a little bit. 
<laughs> when people say I have the coffee and, and everything else. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you could definitely hear it when you say coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. Well, uh, Mike, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I love talking to people that are just starting out. I think you're doing great things. Um, I look forward to seeing what you do in Columbus, and, and good luck getting to 100. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You got it, brother. Take care. Good luck. All righty.